1985, Geography Publications, an Irish publishing company, began a remarkable new venture, its History and Society series, with the goal of assembling a library of county histories for all of Ireland. Now, 38 years and 28 counties later, the History and Society series has become a much-loved and widely sought-after addition to bookshelves in Ireland and abroad. Each volume of the series incorporates the work of a wide range of authors from differing backgrounds, historians, geologists, geographers, archaeologists, linguists, folklorists, poets, novelists and more besides. To learn about the series, I am joined by William Nolan, formerly of the Geography Department of University College Dublin, who is the series editor and founder of Geography Publications, and Dr Arlene Cramsey, lecturer and assistant professor in UCD's School of Geography. Arlene is also joint editor of one of the more recent volumes in the series, Meath History and Society, which came out in 2015. William and Arlene, you're very welcome indeed to The History Show. Um, William, as series editor, you have overseen every edition. Tell us about tell us about your own background, uh, first of all. Yeah, well, I'm a, a native of uh, Tipperary, and I went to school in Tullow CBS. And I think we probably had good interest in history and good history teachers, and more particularly, I suppose, good geography teachers. So, as I say, I took up geography after my leaving cert. Uh, I, I enrolled in... University College Dublin. And I suppose I was very fortunate there to have the influence of Professor Tom Jones-Hughes, who had been trained in Aberystwyth. And he really was the founder of geography in what we call the Irish Republic. At the same time, S. Nevins, another Welshman, was the founder of geography in Queen's. And they made an enormous emphasis on the place dimension, obviously, in geography. And particularly the geography of the French, like Vidal de la Blache and people like these, who consistently talked about the personality of places. And we were coming completely new to this. We knew we had a place and we knew it was significant and all that. But nobody had told us from outside the place that it had been or was of importance and that it was of importance that we should look at it and talk about it. I remember Tom Jones-Hughes saying that the best dissertations he, that he had written for him were those written about uh, the students, their mothers' dresses. And I couldn't really see the relevance of this until something later. And then he was the only lecturer on UCD. He made a lot of Irish lectures in history, obviously, and all of that. He was the only lecturer to mention things like the Tipperary Star and the Nina Guardian newspapers and local newspapers. So I think he was an enormous influence. And at that time, you had the regional dimension in geography. Every place was divided up into regions, even small townlands even, you could have your own regions. Some people said that it was bad, drawn lines that did not matter about places that did not exist, but again it was a nice academic exercise. But I think it gave us that interest and then there was at that time in geography a dissertation in third year, which was compulsory for people doing the honours degree. And I did a dissertation on Tipperary, very general one now and I look back on it. And I was bringing all these teams from American geographers and English geographers, you know, trying to write about Tipperary in their uh, sense. But from that on, anyway, it developed. And I did um, my PhD was on the barony of Fasadine in North Kilkenny, a uh, coal mining farming area. And subsequently then that kind of developed an interest in all that. And I published that book in, I think, 1979, the book on North Kilkenny. And subsequently, the whole series developed. And the way it happened was, 
in Tipperary had no historical society, no county historical society. There was a number of local historical societies. And a group of us came together, Dr Tom McGrath, myself and a few more, and we developed the Tipperary Historical Society. And from that then we decided to write a book on Tipperary, a collection of essays on Tipperary, and it was to coincide with the centenary of the GAA in 1984. And we founded in Thurles, obviously, founded in, in Thurles. 1884. And here we were, it's going to be very successful commercially and career-wise for us all if we got this book out in 1984 to coincide with the, the centenary of the founding. And of course you didn't. And I then the All-Ireland Final was being held in, in Thurles that year between Cork and Offaly. Not a great All-Ireland Final, I must say. But anyway, Cork <laughs> won it fairly easily. And um, the book didn't come out, obviously, in 1984, which was a lesson Of course not. <laughs> You're an academic. Missing deadlines is part we of academia. We missed a lot of deadlines and it came out though in uh, September 85 and we launched it in Holy Cross. Uh, Dr Tom Morris, the Archbishop of Cashel, who was very interested himself in local history, uh, local and, studies. And geography publications itself, was that, was that something initially confined to your, to your kitchen or your front room? Oh, or? it's still confined to my kitchen and front room. <laughs> well, we, never, we, we never developed... <laughs> We're a very uh, small... We sat myself and my wife, basically, Teresa. You know, she does a lot of the, the posting and the packaging and all of that kind of thing. And How did it then develop over the over the subsequent years? Since well, it, it the developed like... Uh, it's like, I, I always say, it's like uh, going to a wedding is the making of another. You go to a launch and you meet people there. And I mean, at the Tipperary launch, I met people like uh, the late John Bradley. And we started talking about maybe we should do now a book. We hadn't any plan at that stage to do... Any county is only contemporary. But then we just said, uh, maybe we should do Kilkenny. And then Kevin Whedon, who was involved with me at that stage, said, maybe we should start again. We should do Wexford. So Wexford was the next one, and then Kilkenny. And basically, we, we kind of focused on the southeast in the earlier periods. And one led to another and all of that. And like some of the contributors for Tipperary were also contributors to Kilkenny and to Wexford. So we were very lucky. I think the credibility of the series was laid down in the beginning by the Tipperary book, Kilkenny book and the Wexford book. There were some fine scholars. Some of them have gone now, passed away, but there were tremendous scholars. And I've been very fortunate all the time that they have kind of all written voluntarily for the series. Some of the best scholars in Ireland, I think. And you extended it to Northern Ireland as well. Yeah, we did in, in, in the 1980s and 1990s. Yeah, and we've all the counties in Northern Ireland covered now, apart from uh, Antrim, which is ongoing and which will be published next year. And I found that, well, it was a great learning experience for myself. It probably was a little bit uh, more difficult, obviously, with the, 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 you know, dealing with two countries, as a thing from the Republic itself, you know, and established networks there and all would have been more difficult. But I think we did a fairly good job and we have a good mix of writers. writers. Uh, yeah, and the important thing is that they're not... Well, two important things. One is they're not all academic uh, academics and the other one is they're not all historians. Yeah, well, we've we done that from the very beginning. Like the first essay we published in the Prairie book was an essay by Nicholas Manstra on the local dimensions of history. And in that, he pointed out that the Tipperary book was unique, he said, because it had contributions from archaeologists, geomorphologists, uh, geographers, folklorists, and along with historians and English scholars, English literary scholars. So I thought from the beginning, and I think that's where the geography background has been helpful, that kind of bringing everyone, as it were, together. And I suppose one of the things which inspired it too was the fact I knew from my days in UCD there were so many PhD theses and MA theses lying there dormant 
you know, without any... And these things, people had given their life's work to the meaning. Sometimes it's the only thing they do, really, an MA thesis or a, mm. a PhD thesis. I said, it's important we get them out. Unless and, you do an MA thesis in Maynooth, in which case you'll get... In history, you'll get published. Uh, but that's, that's, that, that's, that's another local, series. That's uh, Raymond Gillespie's project. Yeah, Indeed. that's another similar kind of thing mm. on a different scale. Um, just Arlene, as the editor of the co-editor of the Meath volume with with Francis Ludlow, just tell me a little bit about what goes into the detail of an individual volume. William obviously is has has an overview of uh, all of the volumes and a particular interest in in Tipperary. But in, in your case, what did you have to do? How did you go about it? Yeah, I think we started with trying to figure out what the scope of the volume was going to be. So what were, you know, if, if Meath was the focus, what were the key things that we wanted to make sure were included in the volume? What we thought were important aspects of the county's history to have there within the volume and, and covered. And then trying to figure out, I suppose, who was working in those areas across County Meath that we could speak to and see if they'd be willing to engage within that process. So the first bit, that kind of planning bit was more of a taking a holistic view of the county, thinking about what we knew about it, talking to other people who knew better uh, and asking questions about what the coverage should be uh, and then beginning to try and put that together. But Willie uh, undersells his own involvement uh, in the kind of as series editor. We were very glad to have his expertise and oversight as we were working on the volume and to understand what had happened in previous volumes. And it's a learning process, obviously. Each one builds on what's gone before. So there were things that, you know, the County History and Society series have to have, that kind of the coverage over a long time period, the interdisciplinary material um, from across the the scope of scholarship within the county. Um, I think we were very glad to kind of have that learning that had gone before it there within the volume as we began to put it together. And you weren't concerned, obviously anybody listening to you will uh, will know that you are not from County Meath. No, I am a proud Donegal woman. <laughs> um, so that, that was not of any concern to you? Well, I had been working um, in Meath as part of my PhD research. So I had been doing work on local government across Ireland and I had wanted kind of contrasting case studies and being from Donegal, Donegal was one case study uh, but County Meath was a really good kind of counter case study for that. Both counties with quite different regions within the county boundaries so making a nice contrast the west coast the east coast uh, very different landscapes very different people very different identities so I was quite familiar with Meath by the point that we started um, and working on the volume and I had also been involved uh, in a project called the GA Oral History Project and I'd been collecting oral histories in Meath as well prior to starting out the editorial ship. So I had I had a sense of the county from all of those interactions with the people and a familiarity with the county. And I suppose as a historical geographer, there aren't many of us in the country. And then to have had that experience working in Meath, it was a nice opportunity to bring that work together. And of course, I was also joined by a Meath man, Francis Ludlow, good friend uh, and colleague, and the editorship of the Meath History and Society volume. And uh, you commissioned a chapter from one William Nolan on the migration policy of the Irish Land Commission in Meath. We did, yes. How did that go? Very well. It's very easy <laughs> to edit, it turns out. <laughs> did, what, did he meet his deadline? He possibly met his deadline better than some of the editors who were also <laughs> contributors to the volume, I will say that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, that's the, the Land Commission piece is a really key part of Meath's history 
and Willie's expertise in the Land Commission is well known so we were delighted that he was able to contribute to the volume and, and have that piece within it. Arlene, like William, you are a geographer and in fact both of you are, um, uh, William is a emeritus in the same department in UCD as, as your good self. So something like this, do you think it's important to bring a geographer's point of view to editing a volume like this? Oh, completely. I think that's the joy of the History and Society series is that it does take a broad approach to understand in a county rather than perhaps a more narrow discipline specific approach. And the geography comes at it, you know, from the perspective of a landscape and trying to understand a landscape and a regional landscape. And Woolley has done great work in having the physical geography of the landscape represented within the volumes of the History and Society series. And we were keen to continue that tradition with the Meath History and Society volume. And it's so important because that physical landscape underpins the type of soils that the county has, the types of agriculture. Uh, And as a historical geographer, I spend a lot of time talking about how the types of agriculture practised in an area dictates in the culture, the settlement patterns, the traditions. And that's not to say it's the only factor. I'm not arguing for environmental determinism, but it's a really key factor at the same time in understanding the characteristics of places and regions. So I think that broad view and, and kind of underpinning that sense of what the county as a whole might look like at the start is really important then in understanding the wider context for the different historical periods and how things evolve one after the other over that period in time. And William, where do we stand now? How many volumes, how many counties have been covered? How many are left? Uh, we have 29 published and this year we hope to publish Louth working on at the moment and then after that Antrim is being worked on I think it's almost complete and Sligo will be the final volume that's been edited by Kieran O'Connor from University College Galway And the production values for the book are incredibly high, they are beautiful beautiful volumes, that must have become more prohibitively expensive over a period of time it is the books and uh, the biggest problem, of course, in Ireland is, is the scale of, of the market. You haven't got a massive market for books like that. We began by doing, say, a thousand copies of every book in the beginning. But now we're down to about 500 or so. And we've been very fortunate, really, to get support from the various county councils and from the NUI. The NUI have supported every volume through its grants in as a publication venture. And that's been very important. And we've got kind of funding not big funding, but funding when, you, when, you, when it's aggregated, it comes to nearly half the cost of the production for each volume. And luckily enough, we have dealt with the same company now in Dublin, Keystrokes. Uh, there are kind of, they do the digital typesetting and the origination of the, the, the illustrations and all of that. And I've worked with them now for about 30 years. And I did find these were people who were trained in the, in the they were apprentices in the whole printing business. And they're very skilled. They know exactly what they're doing. I don't have to tell them very much. They know exactly what they're doing. So we've been very lucky in that, in getting that support and having, and, and they're very interested. They're a small company based in um, Brunswick Street in Dublin. And I always say when we go to launches that this book has been conceived and uh, produced within, say, a six-mile radius in Dublin City, like between, between Temple Oak to Brunswick Street, and then Tom Duffy, another traditional Dublin binding firm, out in the Ballybark. He does the actual uh, binding. 
And are you glad that you started it almost 40 years ago? Would you be able, I mean, if you were a much younger man, obviously, but would you be able to, do you think, start a series like this today? Would it work today? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, it would be very difficult, I think, to get, because people have become so very specialised that they're so focused on their own careers and what they're doing. And I would be, I've been very fortunate that people have been so generous. Some very good people, like, say, if I mentioned Louis Cullen, Willie Smith, Patrick Lenahan, you know, there are people who are very busy in producing their own works, but they've given me great essays and great works and people like Arlene, I should say, you know, in terms of like the first thing is to get a, a good editor. Now, sometimes the editor has to be from within the county. And I don't mind. And after that, you have to have some person from the county. Otherwise, the identity of the project is kind of questionable. And uh, we were looking in relation to Arlene was the editor for County Meath and then my, my son-in-law, Francis Ludlow, uh, giant, or he was from Drum Conrad in County Meath. So, you know, that justified there was a, a, a duel. And it's good to have someone from outside too. You, you, you always have a bit more objectivity. And Alling would be looking at it from a geographer's perspective as much as from a local's mm. perspective. So doubly objective, not a historian and not a person from Meath. But uh, Arlene, I mean, obviously you learned a lot about the history of County Meath when you were editing. What did you learn about local history in general, do you think? Oh, we learned a lot. Um I think the importance of place as geographers, you know, myself and Francis always appreciated the importance of place. But when you can see, I suppose, the wider context and it's important, I think, to say that while the History and Society series, you know, brings in local historians, we do take that kind of a regional view of the county as a whole. And that helps to contextualise place and helps to provide context for the local history work that's been done on the ground already. And we were really fortunate that some of the local historians within Meath kind of rallied to our call and were happy to share the work that they'd been doing and had been publishing in the local Meath or the Meath local history journal, Reignamia, that they were able to share that or to revamp that and, and revise it and share it with us. I think that that piece of it is really important as well. But it really highlights, I suppose, the differences across counties and from, you know, areas that are in quite close proximity to one another. And you begin to see that kind of characteristic of a place beginning to emerge through that work. Now, they're big volumes. Uh, there's a lot of material in them. If it were possible, if it were feasible to produce something that was half as big again or twice as big, are there areas that you would like to have included? Are there articles that you would have liked to included in your particular volume? Yeah, I think so. And certainly when myself and Francis sat down with Wooly, we kind of talked about the scope of things that we would have liked to have included and, you know, the first, I suppose, eight chapters are the period before 1500 and every, the rest of the 34 chapters cover that period onwards. So maybe a little bit more of the early history would have been nice to have included. But I think the volumes are a snapshot in time as well. I mean, we were very conscious that we were constrained by who was working on Meath history and society and, and who we could actually ask to contribute and where their interests were. And if we were to go back today, I think there'd be a different profile based on new scholars that have come through or new areas of interest that have emerged in the intervening period. And I think that's it's one of the treasures of the County History and Society series that they capture the county at a moment in time as well. And is that something that concerns you finally, William, that the volumes might at some point uh, and perhaps even in the not too distant future be effectively out of date because uh, research has uncovered yeah. new material, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. 
I think the quality of the material will, will, will live on, you know, because they were written so wonderfully. There's some beautiful essays. I don't want to go into any of them in particular, but ones that, you know, that, that would strike you. I think they'll always have a resonance because the research work done, I mean, the archival research work in the volumes is, is unbelievable, what people have done. Uh, for example, my, my another colleague in, in University College Galway, Arnold Horler, the Geography Department, he's published about six essays in the series on early cartography. Now, that will never date. And maybe not many people are going to engage with that in the future, but it's a very significant aspect of our history and our cartographic history and geography. But I suppose the one thing I'd like to say, uh, say in finishing up is to pay Credit to all the local historical societies. Now, they're mainly historical and archaeological societies. They have a double dimension. I think they are, if you have a good, strong historical society in a county, it says a lot about the health of the county in a cultural sense. And as Ali was mentioned there, Riochnami was absolutely the meat historical society. And in County Louth, I've been so fortunate. The editor of the County Louth Historical Society volume for many years is a man called Noel Ross, and he died a couple of years ago. And Noel was absolutely unbelievable. And he trained a group of historians, geographers, archaeologists, people who contributed to the Lout Archaeological Society volume. And they wrote for our series now. And they're just word perfect. You have nothing to do with them, really, because it's the good training. Well, we look forward to seeing the, the Louth edition, the third last editions, and then uh, the other two thereafter. Uh, it's been it's a fantastic series. Absolutely wonderful series, beautiful production values, uh, beautifully produced and absolutely fascinating articles contained therein. William Nolan and uh, Dr Arlene Cramsey, many thanks for joining us on the History Show this evening to talk about the History and Society County Series published by Geography Publications.